So when is a terrorist plot not worth reporting about? Hi, this is Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Russell, Ontario, Canada, and listening to Quick Hits. The other day, I came across a very interesting story in my daily scan of the news around the world, uh, trying to pick up on what's happening, largely in the terrorism field, but in national security writ large. I also have an interest in intelligence matters, given I spent 32 years in Canadian intelligence. And I came across this piece. Now, it's dated from August the 4th of this year. And it's an it's released by the, uh, the District of Eastern District of Pennsylvania, the uh, Department of Justice. And the title is Alaska Man Sentenced to Over Five Years in Prison for Threatening Attack on Lafayette College, which is in Pennsylvania. And it says that a man called Gavin Lee Kasdorf, C-A-S-D-O-R-P-H, 23 years old of Anchorage, Alaska. Get back to that in a second. Was sentenced to five years and three months in prison, fined uh, $1,000, had to pay $7,700 restitution for what he had posted on Twitter back in 2018 using an online name, Badan Jafar Salim. And in his post, he said he planned to bomb multiple locations on the campus of Lafayette College. He pledged allegiance to ISIS, Islamic State. He showed an image of the ISIS flag, a photograph of several firearms, and sent a mass email to members of the college's admission staff containing similar threats and imagery. Now, the FBI investigated, which is what the FBI is supposed to do. As the uh, indictment notes, the FBI takes all threats of violence seriously. Well, no shit, Sherlock. And they determined that the bomb threats were a hoax. They arrested him in Anchorage in December 2018, and he's since been found guilty and sent to prison. Bottom line, great job by the FBI. This was an online operation where they found this guy. They probably put a human agent online to try and see what he was up to. And when it turned out that this guy wanted to do something, uh, they laid charges against him. Now, interestingly, they found that the bomb threats were a hoax. Hence, the prison sentence was probably so low because normally in the States, uh, if you're an ISIS wannabe and you make threats like this, you get some pretty serious jail time. But in this case, they decided maybe not so. Hey, in Canada, if you're if you're um, if you uh, share hoaxes about terrorism, you basically get you know get out of jail free card and probably get on welfare. But that's a whole other podcast. Why am I reporting about this? Well, a couple of reasons. In another story, I found out that not only did this Kasdorf wanker want or to pretend to threaten this college with bombing, etc. But he also admitted, this is a news story from something called The Morning Call. Haven't come across this before. Quote, he also admitted traveling to Canada with the intention of killing two people. Instead, he firebombed a car belonging to one of his intended targets using gasoline and two propane bottles. The uh, intended targets of the murder plot were his ex-girlfriend and the ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend. So this looks like a love affair gone bad. The car destroyed in the attack belonged to the boyfriend. Now, this is interesting. It gets even sort of uh, a little more relevant from a Canadian perspective. He also admitted making threats against Carleton University in Ottawa, where I used to teach. I taught linguistics there from 1993 to 2005. When I Googled Gavin's name, so Gavin Lee Kassdorf, I, I got... Uh, a fair number of results. I went through six or so pages of, of Google results. 
And to my great surprise, not a single Canadian source picked up on this. So here's an ISIS wannabe wanker from Alaska. I mean, when's the last time you saw an ISIS wannabe wanker from Alaska? I thought the only wanker in Alaska from that was from Alaska was Sarah Palin, but this guy is from Alaska. It's, it's, it's a first that I've come across. Not, not, not a lot of jihadis in Alaska, I can't imagine. This guy actually traveled to Canada, and, and fair enough, the firebombing of the car of his ex-girlfriend and her new boyfriend would not constitute an act of terrorism in my mind because he did it for reasons probably superfluous to his alleged allegiance to Islamic State. But nevertheless, he issued threats against Carleton University. Now, I don't know the nature of those threats, but it surprises me that a case which had some serious Canadian implications. I mean, what had happened if the, if the ex-girlfriend and the boyfriend were in the car when it was firebombed? What if he had actually uh, followed through with his threats to uh, do something at Carl University? Now, in fairness, yes, the FBI found that he probably couldn't organize a piss-up in a bar. Hence, they called it a terrorism hoax. But why is it that this story didn't get any coverage in the Canadian media? I know that journalism is a very, very competitive business. On any given day, there are gazillions of stories out there that people come across, journalists, and they and that editors have to make very difficult choices on what to print and what not to print. I also noticed that in the Canadian media writ large, there's an awful lot of borrowing from international, United States, and, and European media, in addition to the sort of the local stuff. In my opinion, uh, Canadian media has, has gone down, downhill significantly over the past couple of decades. Uh, the CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, the public broadcaster, isn't even a mere shadow of what it used to be when I was growing up. And I say that as a, as a fan of the CBC for decades, even papers like the Toronto, uh, the Toronto Globe and Mail, so-called Canada's national newspaper, uh, is, 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 is pale in comparison to what it used to do. The Ottawa Citizen seems to be 98% advertisements rather than actual news. But still, there's lots of news out there and only so much news that you can print. Ergo, this is why the, the World Wide Web, the Internet, is so nice for us because we can access news from anywhere at the touch of a button, which is great. But why didn't this story warrant any more coverage than that? I'm really curious. And I, I don't want to go all conspiracy theory because that's not me. But I, I wonder, I ask myself, had Gavin Lee Kassdorf, so clearly he He's probably a convert to Islam, if, if in fact he even is a Muslim. It's hard to say from the documentation that I saw. But that you know, given that he pledged allegiance to ISIS, suggests to me that he probably converted to Islam first. If Gavin Lee Kastorf had been a white supremacist, or a neo-Nazi, or QAnon, or, heaven forbid, a violent incel, would this story have gotten more prominence in the Canadian media? Curious minds want to know, because my read of Canadian media over the past couple of years, I date this back to about 2017, 2018, is that when it comes to terrorism, violent extremism, the only stories that seem to matter are those that involve white folk, i.e. the aforementioned white supremacists, neo-Nazis, QAnon, conspiracy theorists, etc., etc. And the actual terrorists... And I'm not saying that there aren't right-wing terrorists. There certainly are. And we have to worry about that. And I, I'm confident, as I've stated in the past, that, that the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the RCMP, and, and my former employer, CSIS, the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, is, is keeping a watch on, on these groups for indications of potential acts of violent extremism, i.e. terrorism. 
most of the actual terrorism is being carried out by Islamist extremists. If you're following my, my new feature from Borealis, the Global Terrorism uh, Weekly Report, I'm still demonstrating that 99% of all attacks worldwide are carried out by Islamist terrorists, whether it's in Somalia, just this past weekend, uh, Al-Shabaab uh, took over a hotel, the, uh, the Hayat Hotel in Mogadishu, held it for the better part of a weekend, uh, killed as many as 30 people and wounded over 100. We've got uh, Boko Haram in Islamic State West African province in Nigeria. I just tweeted out a report about a new offensive by Islamist extremists in Mozambique. You talk about Iraq, you talk about Syria, you talk about Pakistan, Afghanistan, etc. And the simple truth is that it's all jihadis all the time when it comes to terrorism. And yet when I look at the Canadian media, I see no reflection of this. Now, fair enough. These are events that happen a long way away. And, and editors and those that run news sites could, in fact, have concluded that Canadians either don't need to know this or couldn't give a rat's ass about it. And maybe there's some truth in that. But when you've got a guy who firebombs a car in Ottawa with the intention of killing people and then issues threats against a Canadian university, and this gets zero uptake in Canadian media, it kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? Is Canadian media serious about covering terrorism? Because if it is, it's got to pull its socks up. If it wears socks, I mean, it's the summertime. I don't wear socks. I wear sandals all the time. But it's not doing a good job of reflecting terrorism on a global scale. Nor is it doing a good job at reflecting the terrorist threat here in Canada, as far as I'm concerned. Because they have seemed to have concluded, as I mentioned, the only threat worth reporting on is the far right. Which, in my humble opinion, and I could be completely wrong, I don't have access to intelligence or law enforcement information anymore, alas, that threat has been overblown. I guess we'll see what happens. I'm curious, am I making a mountain out of a molehill? Is this something that does need to be worried about? Maybe. Anyway, that's what I think. What do you think? Should this story have gotten more play in Canadian media, on Canadian media websites? Love to hear your feedback. You can reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com, or on Twitter at borealisaves. You'll also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you like this content want to get more, go to my website, borealisthreatenedrisk.com. Hit the subscribe button. You'll get a free daily digest, written material like perspectives, podcasts, such as these quick hits, as well as Canadian Intelligence Aid, which are conversations with leading figures around the world on terrorism and counterterrorism. You'll also find there a link to my latest book, The Peaceable Kingdom, A History of Terrorism in Canada from Confederation to the Present, self-published. You can get a copy from me, or if you prefer the e-copy, go to Amazon Kindle. Love to hear your thoughts on this and other material that I produce. We'll talk again soon. Until then, take care.